You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, David Hall. Hey, hey, hey. Greg Hectus. Hey, everyone. Tony Groves. Good evening, gentlemen. And special guest, Brandon hayes Cattell. Hey, guys. Hey, welcome. Well, thanks for coming on. So I'm going to jump on the first question, Brandon. Uh, Brandon hayes Cattell, do you go by all three names, or is that just how it worked out on iRacing, or do you prefer Brandon Cattell? Okay, so there's a funny story about that. Um, a couple of years ago, um, I, I just out of the blue decided to change my name on iRacing because, I don't know, man, it, they just had a there was a ring to Brandon Hayes and I thought maybe people will start racing me different, and I I really wanted to troll uh, Malik Ray a little bit and kind of he he got mad every time he saw my name when it wasn't just Brandon Cattell so that was that was pretty fun for a while and I just kind of kept it you know it just kind of stuck around but I, I I go by Brandon Cattell Brandon Hayes Cattell it doesn't matter whatever you guys really want to call me just Cattell it doesn't matter. Okay, very good. I'm, I've always thought about where where that came from, so I wanted to ask. But let's go back to the beginning. Uh, what brought you to iRacing? When did you first hear the word iRacing, and then what did you do about it? Um, honestly, uh, my buddy Connor Babel, uh, he's a longtime sim racer. Um, he got me into NR2K3, and I met him on NASCAR 09, believe it or not, on old PlayStation 3 days. And uh he, uh, he got me into iRacing, and I joined in 2010, and I made uh, the World Championship Series in 2012, and history was wrote, man. I was hooked. Uh, he, he just he just introduced me. I didn't even know how to use a computer, to be honest with you. I was, uh, I was about 12 years old and had no idea what I was getting into, but somehow I ended up here. All right, great. So um, you're currently in the Coke Series, and uh, last year as well. But then you, you also had a run back in the 2013-2014 era, 11th and 36 in points. Uh, tell us about that a little bit, and then what prompted you to get back in it? Well, first and foremost, there's a lot of money on the line, you know, and and a lot, just really uh, NASCAR's partnership with it now, um, how far NASCAR has come and iRacing to see how their relationship has grown over these last couple of years to really make what the series is now is just it, it it's brought a lot of people not just me it's brought uh others back um it's really it's intriguing to say the least you know you see people that you haven't seen for years that are coming back i always we always joke around that we see bob bryant and you think he's a he's a oldie but he's a rookie in the series um but yeah it's just it's just really the relationship nascar and iRacing have have now it's really kind of brought everybody into it and of course the money doesn't the, the, the money's not not bad either well there you go so looking at your uh, racing profile on iRacing Winning percentage overall, oval 16%, pretty good. And tell us what else you're racing. We're obviously you're in the Coke series, but what else are you racing? What did you do in the off season? Is there any league or hosted? Um, honestly, uh, I kind of took a break. Uh, <laughs> went to Colorado, 
had fun there. Um, but you know, really, whenever I do race for fun, it's usually a uh, good old C fixed or B fixed or maybe the casual A fixed. Um, I really like racing the the fixed setups if they're uh, pretty loose. Um, I grew up on the old tire model back in 2012, so I was used to turning right to go fast. So whenever the car is loose, that's when I'm at my best. But yeah, usually a lot of the fixed stuff. I'll do I'll do some open every now and then if some of the guys on our um, road to pro team need help or or on the on the pro side or even if we want to do a open just to practice for the uh, coca-cola races okay very good let's uh switch gears and talk about hardware software i mean what do you got for wheels pedals monitors vr do you run third-party software um right now i just have i just got a t300 been using that for this season um it's a great wheel, great wheel um i got the club sport v3 pedals um and they're they're pretty good I like them like them a lot but nothing special really i run single monitor no vr um no i've, I've tried vr at uh house he and i only live like 15 minutes apart so i've tried it there before and he's got his triple monitors but those are nice but i i've just kind of stuck old school for a while now i haven't upgraded um my computer's Decent enough to run iRacing, I can tell you that. <laughs> well, there you go. And uh, now you have the cameras on you as part of the Coke series. And you also got to go to Charlotte uh, to meet with iRacing and NASCAR. Tell us a little bit about uh, what you saw on that trip. Man, that was, um, it was extraordinary. Uh, just kind of, kind of the first thing you notice is just you're putting faces to all the voices that you've heard to all these years and of course you've seen pictures of people but it's different when you meet meet a lot of them in real life um for me i i've i've met a lot of sim racers before just going to races and stuff but to have all these people in one setting it's it's incredible because you know something special you just know that you're part of something bigger than you've ever anticipated um so it, it it was really it was it was a really cool experience. Oh sorry, that was my timer for this podcast. But but yeah, it was a really it was a really great experience. Yeah, tell your phone you're late, but uh, late. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So uh yeah, you're on the Clint Boyer racing this year. I uh, got picked up uh, by a great team uh running with Brian Schoenberg there. Tell us about that and tell us, you know, have you got to meet Clint or talk to Clint at all? I tell you what, um, I I haven't got to meet Clint yet or talk to him, but I will be seeing him at Homestead in a couple of weeks. I just got uh, some hot passes, and we're gonna go down there and see him. I live in Southwest Florida, so it's only about two and a half hour drive. But uh, I just uh, just got done talking to Brian uh, a little bit ago, and he was at California this past weekend, and he got to meet Clint and talk to him for a little bit. So that was pretty cool to hear his experience with it. Uh, Clint's, Clint's a really cool guy and you know, everybody loves Clint. He's, he's rowdy. And, uh, I feel like if, if you know anybody about the drivers in the series, you know, that Schoenberg and I, we, we probably talk a lot. We probably talk too much. So we're, uh, we're perfect candidates for his team. Well, yeah, I was thinking that too. I was thinking you guys are a good fit for him and his style. So, uh, yeah, it seems to be working out. Let's talk about your uh, season so far here in 2020. Uh, a ninth place and 21st. 
how do you rate it so far? Man, um, honestly, the the, the uh, super speedways are my strong suit. Not gonna lie. Uh, there was a there was a couple races there for a couple years that I had three top fives in my first ever restricted plate races that I'd ever done in the series. And then the last couple last couple races I had some crashes, but I finally got a top ten again at one of the super speedways. So um, it was nice. It was nice to have a good top ten there to start out the season. Um, I I was actually more bummed out that I couldn't have had a better finish at California. Um, I think with about 20 something to go, I had made it up to fourth and I got some contact with Jeremy around. It was a little bit of net code and my car kind of slipped the racetrack and bet something in the left front. And we were, we just weren't right after that, but man, I was, I was really bummed out. Not gonna, not gonna lie because I felt like we had a pretty good shot. Um, but you know, things happen. We we just got to move on to the next race. But I, I feel pretty strong about this season and how it's going so far. Well, especially to have a, a good run going, you know, late in the race at California, I certainly uh, noticed that you were up there before all that happened. Uh, so a good run. That's a good track to be good at, and that's gonna you know bode well for you in the future, I'm sure. Um, Let's talk about your other team behind the team, so to speak. Uh, we talked about Clint Boyer, but uh, who works with you behind the scenes on the setup, the car? Do you have a spotter, a crew chief, that kind of thing? Well, um, right now, uh, I've been working with uh, Slip Angle Motorsports for about almost three years now, I'd have to say. And they're really good people. Um, we just partnered with uh, ERG and uh, they're great everybody works together really good we uh do the best we can on these setups with the limited amount of free time especially with me because i have a i have a little one i'm a single father it's it's really tough right now i'm going to school and just everything's throwing at me right now so i'm trying to pri prioritize everything at once but you know everybody on the team they work great i got kyle puts on my uh my uh, spotter, spotter stand this year he makes great diecast by the way but a custom diecast. But um, I've got Dustin Hall crew chiefing me this year. He's he's just the man. He's I, I've never had a crew chief or not in the series races before. So it's it's been it's been pretty wild to have one. And I, I didn't even have a really a spotter up until now. So it's it's a whole different experience because everybody's taking it ten times more seriously than they ever have. And it's 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 been great, you know. It's 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 well deserved. It feels. <laughs> Well, absolutely. Uh, yeah, the, his diecast, by the way, we've talked about before. Like, if you have a one of these custom iRacing paint jobs, he can actually turn it into an actual diecast uh, for a fee, obviously. Uh, so check him out. He's pretty cool. Putz, P-U-T-Z. Yeah, Kyle, Kyle's the man. Yeah, okay, very good. Sounds like a great team. Uh, so to, to date in iRacing, what is your most uh, memorable iRacing moment? Man, you know, that's a tough question to be honest with you. Um I'd I'd have to go back to probably my first you know what? Actually my second pro series win. Uh because that was a that was a big day. Uh twenty eighteen pro season, uh well leading up to the twenty nineteen uh world championship series, Coke series season. Um I was about I'd say I was about five points out of making the championship series for last year. And, um, I really had to just go out there and really win the race or finish top five. 
and we had a great setup. Matt Bontempe um, did a great job that week when he was still on our team and just had a great group of guys just all working together. And we, uh, we went out there and qualified on the pole and led the most laps and we won that, we won that thing, man. It was, it was one of those races that I'll never forget because I had to do my absolute best and it was my home track, homestead. It was, um, it was just one of those deals that you thought it was impossible. Somehow we made it happen and it was, it was one of the best, it was one of the great, uh, one of the greater sim racing accomplishments that I've had, uh, uh, probably, uh, first to my, uh, Daytona pro series win, but it was a, it was definitely, it was definitely cool. And then, then even after the race, I kind of tweeted about it. I was, I was super happy, man. And then I had Dale Jr. like my tweet and stuff. And it was, it was just a, it was a really cool, it was a cool night. Well, absolutely. It was a put up or shut up kind of moment, right? <laughs> oh yeah. It was, it was unbelievable, man. It, it was one of those races that you just, you kind of replay it in your head like, you can't stop replaying it in your head because you remember everything, every lap because you're so focused. It was everybody joked around because I was on slip angle that season and uh, Ray had won the championship series for 2018 and he had to kind of put up and shut up and you know or put up or shut up and win that race over Luza and you know slip angle we had to do it again. So it was it was pretty cool that we both. We both won the Pro Series races, that, or well, the Homestead races that year. All right, very good. We got a listener question, uh, Facebook Live. Uh, Mark Creighton asks, uh, tell him we want to know how he feels about Doug Kobe's comments about the iRacing drivers. Uh, he's oh. referring to that time uh, where the, uh, you guys were getting all the attention in Charlotte and the, the real short track drivers uh, didn't quite like that. Oh, man, that's tough. Um, you know, it's... You know, it's one of those deals, man. It's just, it's, it's a tough thing because you, you want, you want all those short track, you know, those people that you want those to get attention. But you know, at the same time, you're an iRacer, and you know, you want to get attention too. Um, I wish there was some middle ground, you know, where both people could get, you know, sponsorship deals and the attention they deserve, and hopefully, uh, it'll, it'll happen. Um, but it's, it's. It's just, it was one of those things that kind of shook, <laughs> shook the sim racing world for sure. Cause everybody was, uh, so it was, it was unexpected, you know, it was, uh, we're, we're just out here. We're just having fun doing our hobby. And we were just, it was, we were just kind of blindsided, you know, but no disrespect to them because they, they want the best out of their opportunity too. And they, they want deals like we've gotten like some of the same stuff, but you know, hopefully that come, that'll come, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just a weird thing. You know, it, it, you don't really see that, you know? Yeah. And I always say on that situation, Doug Kobe, you come race with us, you know, and you have the same opportunities as, as uh, you know, Brandon Cattell does. I always look at, um, believe it or not, I always look at Josh Berry. He was one of those people who sim raced a lot, and he get he gets it done out there, uh, racing late models each week. And you know, uh, there's certainly a lot of people that you know come from sim racing. They can they can get it done. And I mean, if you can market yourself playing a video game, and there's a lower risk of getting hurt or the cost is down, go ahead and do it. You know, man. If you're having fun while you're doing it, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. All right. Well. 
I hope you know that Ashton Crowder was on our show, and then you guys went out, and then he won, and now you're on our show. And so Homestead is next. Uh, how do you feel about Homestead? I, I can tell you uh, how I feel about Homestead right now. Uh, Homestead is my favorite track, hands down. Always will be my favorite track. Uh, this this kind of package that we have, uh, kind of, I'm I, like I said, I'm really good at drafting. <laughs> I really like the restricted plate, you know, kind of deals that we used to have in the day, before it wasn't, you know, before we got the tapered spacers and all that stuff. Uh, but you know. I, I'm I'm good at that racing, and I feel like uh, with with me being so good at Homestead, um, it can pay out either way if the track's loose or the track has a grip and we're drafting the whole time. Um, but I feel pretty good about my chances. We have a great, great uh, setup team going on right now. Great group of guys, and we're just we're just really excited to get there. You know, we had a great run going at home at uh, California last week. I can't tell you how excited I am right now. It's that's my track, man. Yeah, and the three week break, you know, it's kind of hard to keep up the momentum. But good luck to you at Homestead. Your P11 in the points, man. I'm going to be pulling for you because I want the streak to continue. If you come on this show, you win in the Coke Series. So let's do, let's keep that going, dude. I'll come on the show every week if. Well, there if you go. Happens. You're welcome back. And, all right. So thanks for coming, Brandon Hayes Cattell. Tell us how people can follow you. I see you have the Twitter at Brandon Cattell, but are you on the Twitch or anything else? Um, right now, not. I don't do much Twitch, but I'm gonna start getting into it. Um, Instagram, Brandon Cattell. Uh, that's where I post a lot of my stuff. Uh, really, just Twitter and Instagram is my two main social medias. I don't really use Facebook that much. I need to get into it. Um, but yeah, uh, just those two main social medias. Okay, Brandon, thank you for coming on the show and getting to know you a little bit better. And, uh, hey, good luck out there in the Coke series. Uh, thanks for coming on. Hey, uh, one more thing. Can I uh, throw out some sponsors real quick? Yeah, tell just us a, who you just got. Just a little, little plug. Um, I just want to thank uh, iRacing. I'm not going to, you know. I think kinda, we all need to thank them. Yeah. Yeah, just because, you know, I, I, got, I get to be the iRacing car this year. It's pretty, it's pretty great, to be honest with you. Uh, Getting to talk to Tony Gardner and stuff, it just uh, I feel like I'm the poster boy, you know. It's 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 pretty fun. I see a lot of my cars and their promo their promotional videos now. It's it's pretty weird. I never thought I'd have iRacing as a sponsor, but um, obviously some of the Boyer Dirt uh, sponsors, DeKalb, um, Ditsfield, uh, Ford Performance. That's a that's a fast Ford uh, Ford Performance Mustang that we're gonna have at Homestead. I'll tell you that right now. And then uh, Cometic Gasket. Just saw all the people at Boyer Dirt and Clint Boyer Racing, Clint Boyer and Slip Angle Motorsports and just ERG. Everybody in general. It's just so glad to have this like group of people behind me this year and get the season started and have a great start already. Yeah, and you got the best looking paint job out there. I mean, I love the red, white, and blue iRacing colors. Uh, really stands out in the group. It, it really does. I've I've had a lot of people come and talk to me uh, about that. They can see my car in the middle of the pack at all times, and that that's really it makes me happy uh, for people to tell me that. And uh, John Dragonetti painted that car, and he did a great job at it. It's based off the uh, actual dirt late model car that Boyer Dirt runs, so it's pretty cool. All right. Love that circular uh, sponsorship thing going. All right, Brandon, thanks for coming. Take care. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. All right. Me. You bet. All right. We'll jump into topics next. Greg, uh, you're up with Boston at the PAXE. So iRacing 
uh, posted on their uh, Facebook page um, that they are at the PAX East event uh, that went on this previous weekend. Uh, it was the 27th to the 1st. Um, they were down there. Uh, it looks like they had a couple uh, companies uh, help them out with their display. Uh, it was Heiskenvelt, Sim Labs, uh, Sim Engineers, um, Precision Sims, uh, or sorry, Thrustmaster, Precision, Sparco. So it looks like... Uh, you know, those are always a good event to uh, go to uh, to just uh, you know see what's next in the gaming industry and things like that. Because um, they have PAX West and they have PAX East, but obviously the PAX East one's good for them because they're in Boston, right? So um, I would love to go to one of those events eventually someday. I mean, it's a little bit hard this year with all the uh, conventions being canceled. Man, and they got a full blown motion uh, cockpit there. It looks like an eighty twenty with D box style on every corner with a uh, traction loss platform below it. And uh, boy, that is like top of the line. Very cool that they have that kind of hardware to show off because uh, it really shows off the, the, the software product when you have the hardware to go. Well, and and I don't know what uh, what what all they were showing off, but you know, their new some of their new stuff that they updated could take advantage of some of the stuff they got there at that show. Yep. All right, next up, Tony Groves, our friend John Hammer, came up with some stats about Vegas. Yeah, yeah, he loves his stats. Um, we're definitely thankful for him because it really gives us a, a view of, of how things are going. And um, right off the bat, the very first one that he posted is probably the biggest one for me anyways, and that's the uh, participation. Anyone that completed one lap or more, and we're almost double the participation at Vegas as to where we were last year. Um, we had 1,100 uh, people complete more than one lap as opposed to um, just shy of 700 last year. Wow. That's a big yeah. jump. No, that's a huge jump. Uh, but I, I, we noticed that at uh, Daytona as well. Yeah. Um, another nice one. Uh, it, the incidents looks like they have gone down a little bit from last year. Now, what I found interesting with this one here is uh, 2018 average incidents per race was 4.7. Um, last year, it was it jumped up to 6.2. And I, I got to think that's because of the, the, the new package. Yeah, yeah. yeah now, everybody I looks like the new package is out by the first California. So it's Vegas. Yeah, it was oh, out. Vegas. It was. But it looks like everybody kind of settled themselves down and kind of figured out this package a little better because we we dropped a, a few points yeah 5.8 for uh this year and um average i rating is has gone down which actually makes sense with more participation it takes a little while for guys to get their i rating up but uh last year it was the average i rating was 2700 and this year it's 2400 and uh the quantity of unique winners doubled from the last two years that's crazy. Yeah, some interesting stats. I, I kind of hope John uh, keeps this up. Cause I, I like watching these and seeing how they how this stuff all plays out. You're definitely showing a trend this year. Well, and it's it's interesting to see. Obviously, the we know that the, the the sim is being now overrun with more people. There's there's more people more uh, going on. So that's why the i rating average i rating's gone down um, because of more splits. But the ones that kind of intrigue me are the average incidents per race win, uh, for the winners and, and then the one average incidents for 
the week for the race winner. So both of them are up. So is that more of is it a more of a because of aggression or is it more of obviously the package is a little bit crazier too, right? But could it be more of an aggression thing? I personally, I think it's because there's more splits. You got more participants, more splits. Winners. Uh, Vegas is pretty tight. You know, you're side by side a lot of the time, and you know, aggression's always up in the NIS series. I, I, I bet on the splits. Yeah, it was it, it was comes... side by side, eight deep kind of thing at Vegas. That's what I remember. We also talked about last week how how it's just too easy to get a four X as well. Well, we were talking about that last night. I got two just running side by side two four x's running side by side with somebody would just should have been you know a nothing all so right here's, let's keep sorry mike there's one here and john if you're listening um i need some better clarification on this the average finish for winners i would hope to see just one all the way down but i'm seeing different numbers yeah i don't know if that well, makes sense that uh, probably has to do with the fact that you can run more than one nis race oh I mean, so average is. for the week maybe yeah Oh, well, heck, that makes sense. Can't win them all. All right, let's get into it. It's build week, guys. There's a ton to go over. Let's talk about pre-build, what we saw leading up to the build, and the great marketing department over there at uh, iRacing. Uh, they dropped us some tidbits. Uh, late last week, uh, Greg Hill put up on Twitter, uh, closing out a long week of development by working on my moose evasive driving skills. What iRacing track might this be from? It's been a hell of a project, but we'll be finished with it soon. And then, uh, of course, on Twitter, everyone tried to figure out what it was, uh, searching Google images and whatnot. In fact, uh, at Fuzzerio, uh, he put up a picture of a, a world, uh, real-world racetrack that he thought matched what Greg put up. And sure enough, it didn't take long to, for people to figure out that this is a... Uh, track in Norway used for rallycross and it's part dirt and it's part pavement and it's called hell h-e-l-l greg uh they uh tell us more about the hell rallycross so it did eventually come out that this was all part of that then it was yep okay so there was a whole bunch of events here that i guess uh they posted afterwards so the first one on the iRacers twitter page they posted three rally cars you know doing you know, a donuts around, drifting. Uh, you know, they're just drifting around a circular part on the track, I guess. Um, kind of like a traffic circle. Um, so then, then it went to, um, Mike, I think you posted this up in our, our page about these two rally races for this, or was it off the forums that you found these, but there were yeah, rally the forums, races at uh, this track. Yeah. Or no, it was on Twitter. Somebody said it was this uh, rally cross at Norway, and he put up a, an actual video of an actual rally cross race. We were looking at that. Yeah, and it was that's pretty. It's a pretty good track to watch uh, with the where they got uh, to. Race. It was good to see what it looked like in real life because then they dropped their YouTube video on the iRacers one for what the build. You know, their teaser video to show you the track and uh, do a whole thing. And once again. They have their wonderful production, um, and the detail is phenomenal on this track. I kind of, I'm thinking about purchasing this one and racing it just to try it, but I don't do rally very much. But it looks like a fun track to go around. Has anybody tried it yet? I haven't, but I want to. So, so just to give some background here, I guess it's called is it Lincoln Bannon? Lincoln Bannon. Okay, so hell is they re refer to it as hell because I guess there's a village a village in the area that's called hell. 
Um, so it's it's in Norway, um, and it's one of their first asphalt racetracks, and um, but now it's a multi-surface one. But uh, it looks like they've been using it for a couple or for you know multiple years now by the FIA for the World Rally Cross over there and um, to race on and. It has a Joker uh, lap. Uh, we saw that in the one video there, how it but works. But it's the longer Joker lap is what I noticed. It, it's a, like a total disadvantage to take the Joker. Which is, you know, we, we, we've been complaining about, you know, you got to have some passing and that's those type of tracks. So maybe this track will offer that. Well, normally the Joker is a shorter distance. It's like a shortcut. But in this case, it's a long cut. <laughs> and it's going to put you behind those guys. And it can, I yep. slow you down. Well, I'm certainly going to have to get this track. I've been, I've had, you know, multiple people over the years, you know, tell me to go to this place. So I guess the best way I'm going to buy the track. It has off camber uh, corners where it's like, uh, you know, it doesn't have the, it's opposite of banking. So it, yeah, so so it's, it's a real right. track. It's something made up. Something, something just put together. And uh, there is some other uh, parts here that, I guess they've only released one layout right now, but I guess there's four more to come um, coming out. Um, they don't say specifically when, but um, they are coming. And there was an onboard um, video post or post, I guess, for it too, um, as well. Um, so we have it in our show notes if you want to see it. Now and uh, uh, one one note, Dick Greg was that one of those re, uh, layouts is going to be a pavement only version. And they were saying uh, on the forums that the Mazda is really fun to race on the pavement-only version. Well, that'll be that'll be interesting to see that. Um, now, something else that uh, we definitely wanted to be driving on with the new pavement. Uh, David, you got this that came out in the build. Yeah, Texas Motor Speedway rescanned from and they rebuilt it from the ground up. Uh, it's updated for the modern age um, because that basically means they've used all of the newest techniques that they have to build their tracks instead of b building it on some any of the old data that might have come from the original track. And so it is now a part of the service. All members who've purchased it within the last two years, or the previous Texas, will receive the track automatically. And the old version will now be archived Texas Motor Speedway 2016, which is now free default content. I can't wait till we get to race there because I've been wanting the it's probably been what three or four years that they've been on this configuration, hasn't it? Um, yeah, I think I want to say three, maybe four. Yeah, this will be the fourth. But yeah, you know, one and two apparently are a lot different. Uh, three and four are the kind of the same, I guess. And we'll see how it goes. I'm interested to race it. I didn't miss a note that the road course is not being included yet. I think they're working on it. Yeah, it's update in the near future. All right, well, let's jump straight into release notes. Greg, a uh, bunch of stuff to beta. Yeah, so we got a whole bunch of notes here. I'm just going to kind of go quickly through some things, and we'll elaborate on some other ones. So in the beta uh, interface, they've got it's basically broken down into about three categories here where they've done some quick updates. Um, so you got custom grid builders, uh, some new AI features, and, and then there's some stuff that they've tweaked under team part. Um, in the beta UI, apparently the whole team part is a whole new interface that they've redone um, top to bottom. Um, the one thing, before we go on to the next stuff in there, um, I'm wondering with these custom grid builders, like, is this like so, something for down the where you could make your own, uh, or what to do with the AI, could you make your own seasons and stuff like that? 
or is that already part of it? This is like a tournament kind of thing, you know, within a league. Like you can go and pick and choose who is starting where in the grid and, and like build a grid, so to speak, with real people or AI. Okay. In the majors, we run um, live qualifying all week. So you go in to fixed weather uh, qualifying sessions, set a time, they keep a, they keep a spreadsheet, and then they set the grids on Sunday. And uh, and they do it manually through the regular interface. And I, I was excited when I, at first when I saw this because they haven't been able to, right now, they, they didn't have this in the beta interface. And for some reason, they would lose date information. So right now, every majors race has to run on May. Um, and I just messaged Mike about it actually, and he said it's not quite what he needs, but that's what what might happen if you're running if you're running a qualifying over a, a certain amount of time, it allows you to set that grid manually when where people when people join they're up, they don't have to do a qualifying session they're they're already set. Okay, so basically it's just more tools and toolbox now for uh, for making host and other things like that. Yeah, uh, they updated the AI. Uh, the way you build the AI race basically has been streamlined. So I'm really excited once they get that AI further on where you can, you know, if I want to just start my own season or something like that where I can create, you know, start from Daytona, run my own other on my own and don't have to worry about, you know, I can race the 2010 Cup Series cars or whatever, paint jobs against them and and have my own season off of whatever else I'm doing on iRacing. Yeah, it's there, the season functionality. It's just that there's not enough tracks and cars, you know, that to you know do a full season. Yeah, I can't wait till it gets to that point where we have all the tracks in there. Um now we'll go on to uh, some of the other things. Um I guess there were some bugs that they had to fix in the team event stuff. Um so uh there were some quick fixes for the for those. Um now the AI races, uh there's a bunch of different things that were added AI. So um couple more cars were added uh, to have AI. So the Audi RS3 LMS, the Delara F3, and the Porsche um, 9, or Porsche 718 came in. That's GT4, the new Porsche. Which is the new car that came out. Um, and then they enabled the, uh, the following tracks. So Brad's Hatch, the Grand Prix Circuit, uh, Daytona International Speedway, the 2000 Road Course, and then actually the normal uh, new or the, the most recent Daytona Road Course um summit point raceway um they also uh fixed a whole bunch of couple or a whole bunch of ai driving issues i know mike you said some of the things that you were testing here i don't know if this will fix some of the stuff that you tested uh that one time but there's a couple things so um ai is now avoiding brakes uh breaking on ovals where it probably should just be lifting um ai uh oval behavior at super speedways has been improved the ai ai has been improved um their understeer driving and it also uh they received additional training for exiting pit stalls i like how they worded that um the following adjustments can now be made to the ai vehicles too so the tire degradation um wheel uh wheel grip change uh tire uh, curing has been reduced slightly and uh, the algorithm for brake heat calculation has been adjusted. Um, so when I'm you're kind running... of surprised about how fast there's tracks with for AI. I'm wondering, it's like when you you know, it's probably there's probably a, a certain factor of things for like like the 1.5 mile tracks that you know they can work within a, a range with the AI for all those kind of type tracks, and then 
for and then just have to tweak it a bit maybe the way they have it designed maybe and it's also just a matter of once they've got the machine learning running the way they want and they've got that whole backbone it gets that much easier for the machines to learn the other tracks yeah, these are all road courses they brought out but pretty cool daytona i'm gonna have to try that i haven't done it yet but i think that's the next thing to try with one of these road cars well they're going to be running the clash on the daytona international road course <laughs> next year that's the most craziest thing i've ever heard let's watch 20 cars three seconds apart drive around for that means they'll be unrestricted um anyways that's an, a whole other topic um so then there's a um david i think you want to take over here on the, the next part of here for this uh, part yeah. of the build yeah continuing with the build we have some updates to the race control the do not count caution laps feature is re-enabled and they fixed a bug relating to that, which was causing two-lap timing problems. And new damage models, which means everybody go have demolition derbies. We brought in six new cars with a, with a new damage model. The Aston Martin GT1, the uh, Audi TCR LMS, the Chevy Corvette C6, the Ford GT, the NASCAR K&N, and Yay. the new Porsche Grand Cayman GT4. Not Grand Cayman, but Cayman uh, GT4 Club Sport that just came out. They all have the new system. Um, I was just doing a little video footage with with Snell Racing earlier. We had a couple of TCRs and a couple of GT4s, and we ran we ran about a 20 minute race, and then started wrecking each other on purpose. It was pretty entertaining. She'll be putting something out with that. Um, there is a new scrape system that's been integrated to the new damage model. Um, it simulates wear and damage costs from scraping materials like car fenders dragging. Um, along the armco or glancing blow between two vehicles. It takes into account material types of the touching bodies as well as paint and other coverings. Wow, that's cool. So I had no idea tire about damage that. Too when you rub a tire? So that's what I was hoping eventually it gets to. It doesn't sound like it's, it's enabled yet the way it is, but eventually it sounds like they might be able to make it where they could simulate a blown tire, a rub, oh, maybe a tire rub. Rub the yellow Goodyear offside of those tires. Yeah, tire rubs, or or when you hit the just when you hit it with a splitter. That's a, a lot of flat tires last year were caused by that. Could you imagine if you were like running up beside it, like you know how you know you touch side by side, you know, and you could cut someone's tire or something like that if it got to that point. Well, what's going to be really interesting to see is to see if if the net code gets gets better, you know, because we um that's one of the things that's supposed to be fixed with this damage model is or improved anyway is uh, the crazy netcode punts. Well, the one thing that I really like about this new damage model, the way that they've released this um, this build here with it, is they've focused on the full body cars. Before where they first started, they started on the open wheel and getting that tweaked. And they got, you know, they still got more to do there. But now they've they focused a little bit on the, you know, full body cars and, and, and getting that correct and man do they look awesome when they're wrecking and i it's it's bad to say that but it's really nice extra immersion detail that they've added to this have any of you guys taken the K&N out on any of the uh 13 week 13 courses this week i did for about half a lap and then parked it <laughs> i ran parked it into the wall i ran some laguna seca uh not laguna seca uh i ran at lime rock in charlotte i finished the one at charlotte but the lime rock i got i got hurt in the second second lap just piled into a, a blocked track uh it's pretty interesting uh the car is definitely not that canyon car is not as durable and if you get take a bad enough hit it will knock the wheel off and it, you cannot move it 
anymore. You cannot drive it. Can't drive it back to the pit, so. Nope. Dude, that's going to add an extra dynamic, too. Like, most people can limp their cars back to the pits after wrecks with the old model. Like, if you can't get back to the pits, that's going to take more cars out faster, too. Yeah. Well, when your wheel is wobbling, steer it, and it's just doing its own thing. Yeah, you can't get very far. Well, if the wheel's not even on the track, you're not you're not going anywhere. Uh, and we did have there is a damage model video that you can watch. We have a link for you. And we also have some additional changes to the weather. Uh, there's some new optional parameters for the beta interface, including using specific weather known as guided weather. Um, and you can pr control the initial and ongoing variability from specific weather conditions. The prevailing wind directions computations have been updated for clouds. I guess that means the clouds will actually move the same direction as the wind. Um, and the clouds will move in the same direction. Yeah, I just said that on the next note. <laughs> uh, clouds will move in the same direction as the simulation's wind. And that, so there you go. And I think Adam's going to pick it up with the rendering section. Oh, one right. more thing on uh, damage, though, guys. Make sure there's a new shader level that is tied to this damage model and you have to turn it up one more level so if you have it on high there's now a level above high on shader called ultra and apparently you have to select that to see the full uh detail of the damage model so don't forget that so is and this then... something oops sorry mike go ahead no i was gonna say it seems like this is now something that they've they're gonna start doing you know they've had high as their benchmark for everything now it, Ultra seems like the tab they're adding to to push on. It might be something that they use for all their things as they as they expand, right? Yeah, who knows? They had to figure out a way to go up another notch. All right, go ahead, Adam. Tell oh. us about the LOD. All right, we got some new rendering stuff. New graphics options have been added to allow limiting the maximum number of cars and pit objects you can see in your view and in your mirrors. Um, it also reduces the number of objects rendered can improve frame rate when racing with large fields, so better better system improvement. These settings may be set independently between the main camera and replays. This is awesome. So this is for people that have frame rate problems. It will dynamically adjust how the level of detail it draws in the distance based on how many frame rates you have. And so what you do is you open the sim, you go to options, you'll see a new thing that says FPS and they say like if you're a streamer leave it at 60 and the idea is you put the number in as the lowest number you can tolerate and that's what you put in there and then there's another couple drop downs where you pick car or world max or min and then I think the idea is you leave those on the highest and so the system will dynamically adjust how much it draws it far out based on how close it is to that 60 or whatever number you put in. So basically cool the sim's doing all the work for you now instead of you setting it on, okay, I put it on high, but I'm having problems. But it's fine. It's figuring out the calculations to um, to make your, your experience more better, to make your experience better uh, uh, instead of you going, okay, I, I don't, if I turn particles off, I gain frame rate back. But if I... You know, it's just those different things. It, it, it's doing all the work for you instead of you trying to have to figure out what you can have on and what like you can't. Like that moment you're rolling off pit road at Daytona and you're hitting 20 frames a second because it's just that moment. It won't be like that anymore because what it'll do is it'll stop drawing the stuff far away so the frames stay high. Which is just a, to be honest, that is like a really good quality of life thing to have on this now. Yeah, it's going to be great. 
Now, if you have a real high-end system and you're always getting lots of frames and you're always locked at 100, this probably isn't going to affect you. But if you're in VR, this, I mean, and you're struggling to get, you know, good frame rates, this is going to be huge. I can see, uh, you know, the big, like a big wreck at like Talladega or Daytona with the new damage model and stuff. That could be eating a lot of BU power. I am in one of the K&N cars. I experienced some serious uh, CPU uh, well, this, the C marker on the, on my uh, graphics thing went went red after getting caught up in a wreck and had a lot of damage, um, and it didn't clear up for a while, and I haven't messed with these settings, so I'm probably going to have to. All right, let's keep moving. David, tell us about all the cars. Well, we did have the new car we've already talked about, the new T4 car that's being added to the uh, Michelin Pilot Challenge series. Uh, there's also been some changes for balance of power, to the GT and GT3 cars, um, any everything from tire parameters to engine cooling. Uh, since the GT, since they have the new V3 or the V7 tire model, they're one also, thing they're also that, kicking in is uh, yeah the tire warmers. Go ahead. The BLP uh, Greg West mentioned in the forums. I didn't get a link, but they're not going to advertise how they're adjusting the BLP. They're not going to say 15 kilobyte you know kilograms added or removed. They're just going to change it, and they're not going to announce what was changed. Are they doing that so that people don't know what they can try and figure out fuel-wise to fix it? I don't know, but they said that. Well, it's probably every time they make a balance of power, then all the people who like the other cars start complaining, or they just immediately don't even try to drive them. Uh, so they're probably trying to avoid the placebo effect, I guess. Yeah, could be. Seems okay to me. So yeah, they made a but they made quite a few changes to there. I have not jumped into GTE yet, so I ran I ran that TCR a little bit earlier, and it felt pretty normal. I uh, just talked about the new car in the oval car. There's some been quite a few aerodynamic parameters that have been adjusted um, from the NASCAR EOS data. Drag has been reduced, uh, particularly we have the low downforce. Yeah, Air, airflow oh, to the engine has good. been increased. Uh, speeds at super speedways are now better scaled with drag reduction. We have a uh, Tire fall off and wear on the speedways and intermediate tires has been adjusted, and they think they've uh, increased some of the steering stability. The branding has been updated for the 2020 NASCAR season, and there are new level of detail model settings to increase the draw distance of the vehicle. So let's talk about the new aero package. We've all driven it at Phoenix this week. I mean, what do you guys think? Love First it. of all, kudos to iRacing for getting it out literally as the real world gets it out real time. I mean, normally we have to wait months for a package. Once NASCAR gets it, we had to wait months before we get it. We get it the same week. That is just freaking awesome. So I equate this the way I, I, I understand this package, the way I felt the best way to describe it is um, when you listen to Door Bumper Clear, you listen to Brett and um, TJ Majors talk, What's the best way to get uh, passing in, in, in NASCAR? Off throttle time. So the more time that you're off the throttle, the more you're passing you get. And that's what the, this thing has done. It, it, it's so, when you get a nice long run in this car uh, without that air, that extra, you know, on it, you can have some really good racing there at Phoenix. And I think I enjoyed my, I enjoyed the, the race last night with it. It's probably more than I've enjoyed any race this year so far. The braking distance and getting off the gas which was a lot longer yesterday. It felt a little slow, but that that's how it is with this new package. 
I was if, hoping for more than what we got. I thought it would be a bigger difference than what I felt. Oh, I felt a what I, I felt a huge difference, particularly in that um, we actually were able to practice the setup and not have to worry about whether we were in a pack or not. Good point. Well, the other thing is, Mike, you'll probably remember. I don't know if you remember Phoenix from last year, but when you got off the corner, you didn't have to worry about it wanting to rotate and go straight down to the inside wall like it. You you'd have so much downforce on it, you could exit the corner, and you just you just stop. couldn't catch anybody. You couldn't do you couldn't you could stop on the gas and just go. That's that's the huge difference for it. Yeah, I mean this week you have to get up on the wheel and drive the damn thing, or you'll end up in the inside wall, like you said. Um, uh, I think a couple of us have already done that um, this week. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, Homestead. Well, there's a, there's a new track, uh, it's, and it's the Indy Oval. I, I'm actually not quite understanding these notes. I think that has to do with the uh, entry and exit lanes to Pit Road. I think IndyCar does them differently than Cup, and so it's just a, a pretty simple configuration change, I think. It sounds like they had to add some grip to the track surface on those two so that they could drive down there. Aha. Uh, okay. The, pa- the pace car stalls me moved it. So they, I guess Indy's supposed to still use the access road, but in NASCAR you don't have to. And so that's probably why they have the, they have the different configurations. I'm thinking, I want to say that the access road for that road course is actually because it's wide enough. I think it's an actual part of the a racing service. I'd have to look at it though. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, base shaker support. This was a surprise. Uh, David Tucker said, we're rolling out a new base uh, shaker feature. He's calling the LFE effect. This is the same vein as Sim Experience's Sim Vibe or Sim Hub's Shake It or Sim Racing Studio's SRS software. Basically, this attempts to use the physics data from the Sim to drive a base shaker. It's designed to be as simple as possible with only a single adjustment for adjusting the overall volume. Uh, for the LFE base shaker, support has been added by selecting an individual speaker on your sound card for routing our base shaker signals. This allows users to plug in their base shaker into the LFE channel uh, on their sound card to isolate it from the other speakers. This channel can only be accessed if your sound card is set to 5.1 surround in Windows. So what he's done is nobody uses the 0.1 of 5.1 in games and music, it just isn't used hardly. So David Tucker decided to use it for this. So most computers have a 5.1 sound card. So you plug your shaker or your woofer into the 0.1 hole and you go into the sim under sound and you check mark LFE. Now you also have to check mark surround sound at the top and you pick the shaker from the list and boom, that's all you have to do. You can actually map a volume up and down for the shaker as well. Good and time to you buy a can, butt kicker, huh? <laughs> yeah, so this is a, a, a cheap man's butt kicker. You don't have to do software. You can literally just buy the hardware and turn it on in the sim, and it works. Now, it only is single device supported. He's not doing multiple shaker support. That's what these other uh, companies are for. And so me personally, this is the first thing I tried when the build came out. Because my sound system is two computer speakers in the front, left and right, and I have a Y cable run into a powered living room speaker that sits behind my chair. And so what I did is I plugged the living room uh, sub subwoofer into the 5.1 LFE hole. 
I configured everything and it's different. It's better, I think, than it was before. Um, I'm getting all kinds of different noise that's kind of more unique, I would guess. Going over uh, rumble strips is a little different. Hitting the chip limiter sounds a little different uh, as far as the noise coming from the sub. So I'm just using a sub, and I'm kind of tempted to get a shaker now. See, I run a 5.1 uh, surround sound on my system directly into my card on my computer, so I should try this too, I guess. Why not? My bot kicker just got here today, so I'm going to be excited to plug that in tomorrow and try it. That was kind of funny, Adam. You bought the, that hardware not knowing that this had been released, and it was literally in transit to you at, when they announced it. It couldn't have been more perfect. I guess the one thing also that we've also noticed um, with this build that uh, we didn't talk about in the notes there is the what they've added for Fanatec's um, pedal systems with the their uh, vibrating motors on their pedals are now enabled in SIM, so you can you don't need a third-party software to run it. The SIM will um, can uh, generate these motors. I, it's a little inconsistent, but it, you can get them to work. Um, right now uh as a yeah it's not working for me yeah I guess, there's some people having bugs with it yeah i guess it's a still a work in progress but i've i've noticed it in the race when you're sliding sideways or something it'll kick both them on and it just gives you a little bit of an extra feel i felt that if i if i drove into the corner real hard break real hard it was at that slip angle it would it would shake yeah i don't yeah, check know. it out I ran the test and it's not working. I, I ran the test and it is working. I can feel them vibrating, but they're not, they don't, at least on my pedals, they don't seem, seem very strong. And if I push the throttle all the way down, it almost uh, squelches the motor to where I can barely feel it. I've seen some bugs in the forums about the pedal vibration thing. So they're, they're going to have a hot, a hot fix come out and he's definitely got some fixes for the pedals uh, coming. So uh, hang tight. Uh, Tony, we've I think we've seen the last of the version numbers on tires. Yeah, well, according to Greg West, um, it causes confusion by grouping them how they've been doing it. So, yeah, the version 7 tire is the last official version number tire. Um, they're just going to refer it going forward as the most updated model. Um, I it's guess. such a work in progress, you know? So they're, That's uh... my guess. They're going with one less cylinder. It could have been a V8, but it's going to be a V7 now. No more V8 tire, right? Oh, maybe it can uh, season two 2020 tire, and then maybe we'll have like a, a season four 20 tire. The good That's thing a good is, idea. The good thing is they don't do the, you know, what they do in uh, like other patch notes where it's like 1.25. You know, like a whole bunch of dots. At least it's like just a version. Well, doesn't this make it more inconvenient for people who build setups who need to document what's going on you know they document their springs and their shocks and their tire pressure they need to understand what tire they're on too you know so when they look back at their notebook oh yeah we were on the old version tire and now we're on a different version now it's going to be really hard to tell that apart right i think what he's really trying to elaborately say here is that this model is the actual is an actual t like before I li like when iRacing started, I would consider the tire model to be like, like a brick. It would like it, it started out as it's just a shape that kind of had they can put uh, grip numbers to. For this, they've molded this down to finally what a tire is, and now they're acting as Goodyear and and giving the carcass uh, different you know softer or 
harder compounds now instead of being versions of it it's 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 compounds right they've 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 gone even deeper in the physics based simulation element of it instead of just like like he said picking just the parameter of grip they tell they punch in how much tar is in it and how much of this chemical and that chemical okay we're going to skip ahead in the interest of time i'm going to quickly hit on one uh we got a facebook post put up by uh cecil green a guy i we always run with in nis he was in the race with me with dale uh earnhardt jr and he actually captured a video of the wreck dale jr caused when he got loose and boy what a wreck it was guys he got like upside down sideways uh corkscrew barrel roll everything uh it was quite uh uh an event for dale jr so what'd you guys think of the wreck that is one big I'm ass wreck. Right <laughs> that car yeah. gone that was on a restart too wasn't it yeah i think so yeah Damn. i mean that'll happen in any, any track even old package new package restarting and somebody in the front gets in trouble I was having a lot of fun watching this wreck. I bet you I watched it about a dozen times trying to grab a screenshot of it. And I kind of get kept getting caught up in it and kept forgetting to hit the pause button to grab that screenshot. So it looks like Dale Jr. tried to do what they actually were doing in the actual race and driving the apron. Uh, yeah, it doesn't work. Damn, he just got into the fence, didn't he? <laughs> All right, and then next, uh, we got winners for the BMW Sim 120 Cup we talked about last week. Last week. Yep, it was uh, J- Guess who? at J.K. Rogers and Mitchell Dujon. Boy, surprise. Familiar none, of, names. none of those sound familiar at all. Yeah, no yeah. surprise. I ran in it that morning. I was able to get uh, Jack Delmage to run with me uh, from, I, don't, I forget what his team, RSR Motorsports or something like that. He was able to run it because he doesn't run the NIS. Um, so he was able to run the second half. I kept us in the top 20, and then he got us up to about the top 10. He's way better than me. Uh, and then a lap car took him out coming out of the pits. Okay. And the next, a quick reminder, March 15th is the IMSA 90 Minutes of Sebring. Remember, you can win tickets to the IMSA, an actual IMSA event for 2020. Next, we're going to go over podcast housekeeping notes. In an effort to make a better listening experience for the listeners, we have been experimenting with various changes and enhancements to the show. You might have noticed uh, audio clips, uh, short audio clips like Parker at the checkered flag or Mike winning the Daytona 500, which, by the way, nobody actually heard uh, because another feature we use actually cut it out of the show. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and play what you guys missed that day, and let's see if it'll play. All right. Uh, hopefully that uh, you guys heard that, but... Uh, background music uh, for some of the segments and bumpers. Uh, we're kind of working on that uh, between sections. Truncate silence is what actually cut that out. That's another editing trick that we go through that actually takes a you know a 90-minute show and turns it into an 80-minute show, and it gives the listener back 10 minutes of their life. It goes literally in and cuts out any silence between words, and so. It's not me being rude when I abruptly change topics when you hear it on the show, guys. It's just that we cut out that awkward four seconds of silence as nobody was saying anything. So keep that in mind. We're gonna, we didn't truncate silence last week, and that's why it sounded weird. But we are going to continue to do that. Uh, show notes. Tony, you've done a great job stepping up on editing on the show notes to take them to the next level. Uh, they look great. Uh, this is a great enhancement to your listening experience. The link is in the show notes of the description of the podcast. Click it, follow along. 
Um, another great success we've had recently was Evan Pasoko stopping by to review the Coke races. We're going to try to continue that if Evan is willing. Uh, I've had a lot of good feedback on that. And then other feedback we want is we want more listener involvement on topics. We want you guys to send us story ideas by email at iracerslounge at gmail.com. All you have to do is send a link. No explanation, no nothing. Email it. Don't send it to me by Facebook. Don't send it to me by Twitter or anything else. I need it by email. Thank you. Uh, we appreciate your listener input, and it does make my job easy. And then also, fi uh, finally, we're on every podcast platform out there. I challenge you to find a podcast platform that we're not on so I can get on it. So let me know if you find one out there. Uh, we're also on the Performance Motorsports Network. Thanks to our friends over at the Burning Rubber Radio, uh, those guys over there, uh, Andy DeLay, um, Taylor Burris, uh, the OBRL guys, Steve Thompson. Uh, thanks to those guys for uh, putting us up over there. We appreciate it. It might and with that, add one thing. Yes. Um, can we also get uh, from our uh, listeners too, which is a nice thing because it'll help in our podcast push us up so that we get uh, more recommendations as podcasts. Get, leave us reviews on your on your uh, the platform that you listen on, and uh, it's it it's easier to see. It'll push the podcast up so that more people can know about us and uh, and see it. Great idea. Definitely on iTunes. That's so important. If you're on Apple, definitely leave us a review. And with that, we'll jump to hardware software. Tony, rig review is up first. Rut row. Multitask <laughs> multitasking is not my uh, my strong suit. Um, we got a. This is a a full motion rig. If uh, I'm still trying yeah, to click the it's, links, yeah, it's, it's crazy. the real deal. Yeah, this is Brad Pugmire. Is his name? We've uh, talked about him before. He actually helped us figure out the wiring on the DD1 emergency stop switch. But uh, this is his rig he just finished building from scratch. It's 8020. He did the SFX 1000 or 100 uh, motion. Uh, they're like D-box motion. He put it on each corner. He's got this great video on YouTube. His username is CNC Cart. And boy, you can see that rig move all by itself. It is co so cool. Yeah, I don't know. It kind of... It looks a little out of place as to motion rigs that we've been seeing as of recent, but um, it, it's just you know it's it's not sleek, it's boxy, it's to me it's like a it's a little rough around the edges, but yet it's it's just got this coolness factor. I mean, I, I like the D box setup. I like most of the D box setups. I think they're just so darn cool. You um, see what he's got hanging there on the Sparco seat. VR. VR. So he, it, you know, you don't really care what that rig looks VR on. It's got to be functional, right? Man, I thought that yeah. was sitting on a platform the way that that, that that carpet is. That looks weird. The angle looks weird. But now I realize it's a carpet. Yeah. I, like, I don't have, I'm not really worried about my rig either. I wanted to get, get the black, but they had the gray available sooner. Um, but yeah, you're not worried about that. But And I remember we advertised recently some LED lights that you could add to do all, all kinds of stuff, and I thought about adding that just to make the room light up differently for the stream viewers. But other than that, you're not really worried about how it looks when you can't even see it. Yeah, and there's no traction loss, but he could add that. But that's what I like about this kind of setup. You can start with just an 8020 rig, stationary, then later get the SFX100 and add it to it. And then add a G-seat. Right, and then just keep on going, then add traction loss, you know. 
Great rig, uh, Brad, by the way. Great rig. All right, and then David, we got a DIY load cell. This is interesting, and this is right up uh, our Tony's alley. With, uh, basically, this guy's got a, a load cell posted that he's attached to T300 pedals, and he did it for under 30 euros, I believe. Or is that actually a pound sign? 30 pounds, I think. 30 pounds. Yep. Uh, he did it with uh, uh, just some strain gauge and breadboard circuit prototyping and wire and an eraser. And he tells you everything how to do it, including the the code. Mm -hmm. And uh, David Tucker chimed right in, uh, talking about how he likes how it looks, and gave him a couple of tips on some of the software. Well, yeah, that's a change it from from eight bit to ten bit, uh, so you can get a little bit more get a little bit more out of that. I absolutely love this one. I spent a lot of time looking at this, and um, I'm I'm almost tempted to try this one out. Uh, I already got some good ideas to kind of to kind of clean it up a little bit, and uh, you know hide some stuff and and strengthen and rather than other materials to to stiffen that. And this is a great build. What a great starting point. He's laid it out so well that you just follow along, do the thing, get her done up, and then then you can um, you know add your own little touches, clean it up, or you know do whatever the heck you want with it. But um, he he's done all the legwork. Uh, good on him. Yeah, Andrew Budden in the forums, uh, check him out. Somebody asked me what gloves I used, and so I thought I would talk about them. Uh, they're called Sport Tac TAC Palm Go Fit Gloves. Go Fit, one word. And you can actually get them on the internet when I Googled those words. Uh, they sell them here at Target, and I think that's actually where I got them was Target, $14.99. And what they are is they're a weightlifter glove, kind of like you would use, David, in the gym. Correct. I just need it, don't you? I like them. Uh, if you see on the front of the glove, it's got a little uh, string loop, and you use that to pull the glove on. And then on the middle finger at the at the top of the glove, it's got a little tab which helps you pull them off. It, they're also cut where the fingers are exposed, which you don't need to have full gloves on in a sim rig, I think. But I think it gives enough protection on the hands to protect my wheel and the Alcantara of the wheel. So I think these are perfect gloves. I don't know why you'd spend more than fifteen dollars. You're right. I probably should wear mine when I'm when I'm racing. I I don't, but I don't run as high of a force feedback as you. I think um, I'm. It doesn't hurt my hands so much, but I haven't thought about it actually protecting the wheels. Okay, let's keep moving, Greg. Uh, the next level racing F GT Light. So the next level racing is going to their next step in portable cockpits. So if you go to, they've posted on their Instagram. Um, page uh at next level racing uh march 2020 will they will be releasing their portable cockpit here so it's a it reminds me of a i guess if you want to look at it, it kind of reminds me of a lawn chair with extra stuff attached to it if you want to race in gt mode um but you can also lay it down and it can be in like formula mode so you know it's it's a very sleek set up it's good for portable you can take it you don't have to take the wheel off or anything um it all folds up nicely um i think this is a good you know a good choice if uh you know you want to do some uh racing but you don't want to take up you know if you're doing it on your tv in the living room and you don't want it out all the time it's a good thing to have to put away yeah you fold this up it'll fit in a closet so it's i guess they're saying um Make sure you sign up for their email list uh, to get the most information you can from it. 
I dumped in a late link there, Greg. I don't know if I you saw it. I just saw it right now. Yeah, the price um, is three hundred dollars. Uh, that's actually a price. really good price because the next level, or that you can just some 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 stands are just uh, you know two fifty or you know three hundred dollars. So having a full sit down rig, I don't know how comfortable that it looks like. It's got some nice padding, and it might be kind of like feel like a, I don't know, like a hammock feeling type sitting in it. But it uh, it looks like it could be comfortable. I'm thinking a low cost rig for sure. I mean, 300 bucks. Now this won't support like a direct drive, but if you had just like a G29 on this or a you that know Club Sport, looks really good on it. Yeah, Thrustmaster. You know, uh, why not? I mean, uh, I think somebody on our team was looking for a really cheap uh, cockpit or rig, and this might f suit the bill. Yeah, because even if you go to their part here on the website, even their uh, um, they're wheel stands that are 200 bucks so you know for another hundred buck you know 100 bucks you're, you're looking at a full a full rig to sit in scroll down and you'll see a picture of it folded up i mean it's amazing how it folds up like i said you could put it in a small uh, coat closet or something it it really does remind me of a of a, a lawn chair a camping the, chair or something yeah, yeah. Did you see cool. the image down at the bottom where they have their wheel stand uh for their monitors they're on right. uh they're wheels, on wheels and everything yeah it says upgrade to the next level so you can pair it up with a rolling monitor stand very cool i like that product all right let's keep going i got the next one uh this is just a shout out uh that i got it right for once i actually somebody was talking about the settings for the dd1 and what they run and so i put up my settings and what i run for the dd1 and David Tucker, who's the wheel expert from iRacing, he quoted my uh, settings and said, this is a solid strategy. So anyway, I'll say what those settings are. Um, I used to use the auto button all the time. And th that's what the discussion was about, is the auto force feedback button that you see under F7. Uh, anyway, the question was whether to use that or not. And I've told everyone after some research of what others do, I ended up not using it anymore and use the following settings static. I never change them. I leave the DD1 at 100% force. Then in the game, I do max force 60 NM, wheel force 20 NM, damping zero, min force zero. And uh, anyway, David said those are solid settings, so I'm pleased. I don't use auto, but um, I don't think I have the same. I don't run 100% either. Yeah, to everyone's their own, you know, that's what it's all about. Adam, we got part two of the ProSimU 4DOF motion rig. Yeah, it looks like Barry from the Simigration Garage has got this thing all put together. And um, it's got four actuators on it that move at 200 millimeters per second. And actually 288 And it gives you an acceleration of two Gs. And it's got five, act five motion, five actuators. One is a traction loss. And it's pretty, pretty durable. This is high end. Yeah, a couple hundred bucks. I'm kind of drooling watching hear him race the rally car, and it's yeah. slide. Oh, it's so nice watching it slide sideways and 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 have like an angle on it and everything. That's really cool. And the traction loss. Check that out. Now, does he get to keep all this stuff or what? I have no idea. I don't. I don't think I can't so. imagine he does. He a lot of it for all of it. A lot of it's just demo stuff that's probably not at full, um, full released stuff. So he probably does return it after a bit of testing and stuff. I'm sure he does get freebies, though. 
He probably keeps what he wants, but he's just going to run out of room, you know? His garage ain't that big. He's done a lot of rigs. I'm sure he doesn't have that many rigs sitting in there. He, he, this isn't Jay Leno with a giant garage. <laughs> Man, what a rig, though. Obviously, that's where people turn to uh, to get their uh, products out there to be shown, too. So he's doing something right. Well, I used his I used his P1 video to figure out how to put my P1X together. Yeah. This is a definitely a high-in-motion rig. If you guys are in the market, check that out. All right, in the name of time, we're jumping forward. Tony Groves, fantasy update. I actually picked a winner. I picked Alex Bowman in fantasy. Did I get number one? Well, I know you were uh, you were up there. I mean, I had my eye uh, to the live standings pretty much all race to see how. I, I love watching how everything just shifts. Uh, everything gets <clears throat> moved around. And, um, man, our... Uh, our, our fantasy league is growing and it's growing fast. So the word's getting out and we are almost at that line guys where um, we, we got some great stuff. I know we got a, we got a hat coming from Greg and um, I'm in the works of uh, possibly pulling together some other stuff. Um, there is still time to join. Uh, you're definitely, even if you come in with zero points coming into next week, there is still lots of season left. You're not out by any means whatsoever. Um, Lots of chances. It's pretty easy to get points. Uh, a quick top 10 uh, as we stand. Uh, Justin Time is uh, sitting in first place, followed by a whole whack of letters here. G.I. Joe. That's Joe. my buddy, Joe. <laughs> Perfect. We got Laird Racing in third. Jedi McFly in fourth. TG1 Racing in fifth. Now that is me and Chris, and we are currently... Um, only seven points difference, so um, there is going to be some trash talking happening at Phoenix. What is the bet Phoenix. this time? I don't know if we actually have a bet laid down, but I'm thinking we're going to have to come up with something because that was a heck of a lot of fun the last we time we need that, that pink car back on the track. <laughs> that is a beauty. <laughs> uh, followed up number six is uh, Dayton, number 14. Res Dog is, uh, well, that that's a tie for sixth place. Eighth place is T-Bob, and Team 207 is nine. And rounding out the top ten is none other than Mike Ellis himself. That was a fantastic run you had last last week, uh, Mike. How do I go down in points, though, when I pick the winner? I don't get it. Well, you may have picked the winner, but it's the rest of your um the rest of your rest lineup. Of my picks sucked, yeah. Yeah, so, and as well, these other guys, too, um, you know, you, you pick the, the stage winners, the the race winner, um, the manufacturer, that all counts to, to your total. So you pick the race winner. That's awesome. That really helps you. Um, but you got to make sure you stay on top of things. Uh, swap out your garage picks uh, before the um, sorry, before the end of the second stage um, and really st try and uh, keep engaged. And that's how you're going to gain those extra points. Yeah, I don't change them during the race. So maybe I need to look at that. Well, All right. yeah, you're, he's on the table, Mike. Got to keep that that guy in the garage there. He's uh, that's your ace up your sleeve. Okay, there you go. Let's jump into results. NASCAR iRacing Series, California. Let's uh, wrap it up. Uh, Thursday fixed. I ran. Uh, wrecked out though, man. I was running P4 on the final lap and got wrecked on the final lap. It was a great race with no incidents. Actually, the car was perfectly clean and in position to win. Second and third got together, and I couldn't miss it, man. And uh, took me out. There were tons of cautions, like eight. Nim Cross was in my race. He muted a couple guys for cussing each other. 
another guy under caution. He actually came up to the guy in the top 10 from the back under caution, kind of rode next to him, you know, to kind of voice his displeasure and then rolled back to his spot. Well, Nim told him that was not acceptable and that they would be having a talk after the race. Friday open, David, P21. Yeah, I got running well, got dumped near the end. I was stuck on the outside and came down into a spot after that was open and the guy behind me kept driving through me. It was, uh, we'll call it a controversial wreck. I feel like he ran through me. Other people in the lobby agreed with me and some didn't. So, but P21. And Greg, your horrible luck continued. You got wrecked out early. I wrecked out and I don't even remember how I did it or how I got wrecked out, but I was getting sick and tired of it. Five starts, no finishes. All right, Tony Rochette, P23. Almost missed a wreck, got tagged by a spinner and walled it. I ran, I got a P10. Ran as high as fourth, was running six near the end, but got into an incident that put me back. Uh, bummer. And then Tony, P9. Yeah, that was a great finish. Um, took some d damage early on, uh, which affected my power a little bit. Um, I was able to get it fixed, stayed on the, was able to stay on the lead lap the whole race. And, uh, yeah, right at the end, like I, I don't know, I think I was, uh, P12 or P13 with the, just a few laps to go and I was able to battle it up to, to P9. All right. And then Sunday open, David Hall, your bad luck at Cali continued P20. Uh, you know, other than that one controversial incident, every one of my other bad lucks was just about my doing. I, I don't know what was wrong with my head. But I'd made so many mistakes at Cali, it was ridiculous. I was running third and got into the wall just trying to keep up with second with six laps to go and threw away a podium. I messed up a bunch of other people's races too. And um, needless to say, I was pretty mad at myself the rest of the day. Uh, my head was just not right in Cali. I, and I guess I'd gotten frustrated from the earlier events or I, I, I don't California have California dream. Maybe. I don't have an explanation other than I just got stupid. You were in position to win right there, actually. I mean, you were coming to the end and you were in a good spot. You just overthought it probably. Well, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking, finally, I'm going to have a good run at Cali and then boom. All right. Sunday fixed. I ran P18. I got involved in a wreck. Lap one, turn one. A guy went down in there and spun and I let off just a hair to miss him. And I spun because some guy hit me. Um, not too much damage, but it was enough not to be competitive. I did cause another wreck later in the race. I got loose going three wide coming off. Um, the second green-white checker was maybe 12th uh, coming to the checkers, but the guys ahead were wrecked and did not hold the brake, and I T-boned him and couldn't even get to the checkered flag. It, the engine was blown. What a mess. Let's move on to Phoenix uh, with the new arrow package. Wednesday open. Uh, boy, a bunch of good runs for a, a lot of the team. David, you got a P5. Yeah, ran near the front and all the wrecks were front behind me. It was a great stable set that I was able to drive with the throttle. Uh, shout out to Adam who did most of the work on it. We were, I was a test dummy for him, but he was the, he was the genius who clicked the knobs. The set was great. And then Greg, you took the set to three. First finish of 2020 for me. Finish? <laughs> That's the first time I've gone from the start of the race all the way to the end and not been involved in anything um and it wasn't you know i was up front the whole race uh we had uh, a long green flag rod in the middle that uh a caution came out as green flag pit stops were happening 
So I had about 12 laps on my tires with about, I think it was about 60 laps to go, maybe 50 laps to go. And I just kept staying out every time. Um, the caution, we kept having caution after caution. And I was really good on the restarts where I was able to keep them behind me long enough until the next wreck happened. And um, I restarted on the last restart, P2, uh, on the outside. Nobody had anything for the guy that won that race. He was easily a half a second faster than everybody. And I don't know what he was racing, but um, we were all racing for second place in that race unless something happened to him. Um, but my my strategy on the tires worked and uh, I ended up finishing in P3 with 60 lap old tires when uh, half the field had, you know, less than that tires. Good good call on the tires. I thought you were kind of nuts when you told me you were doing that, but it worked out. I learned something about how this car reacts there too with those tires, so it was good testing. All right. There's something that I... was interesting, sorry. Um, remember how starting on old or on cycled tires or restarting on cycle tires after one or two cautions used to be kind of shaky. Well, not it's yeah. not because there's it's not the much horsepower. Around. Well, you got you got a no, lot of grip going power. into one. I was afraid some of the times, you know, being on the bottom and and diving into one and on these old tires thinking I'd slide up, but they felt like they had a grip. The old tires had more grip on the starts than than fresh tires did. All right, I got a P23. I had a good run going with a, a top ten. Uh, and I got taken three wide and going through the corner and got wrecked with seven minutes damage. I limped at home. I don't know what to do in that situation. Some guy, guy died bomb. I was already on the bottom. He went to the apron, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, it was stupid. Uh, teammate Mark, I can't say his land, last name, Antonucci. Leo? Antonucci. 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 Mark Antonucci wins his first NIS race in bottom split, but it is his first NIS win. Congratulations, Mark. And Mark doesn't race very often, too, in the NIS part. Yeah, well, he's committed We're to trying to run the season this year. Uh, he, he mostly focused on sports cars with me last year. Yeah, and he's a good driver, and, and he just proved it, man. He got it done. Uh, in that bottom split where they just wreck everybody, uh, he was able to bring it home. And he had on the hood of his car the iRacers Lounge 200th episode uh, logo. Pretty cool. Tony Rochette ran with us. He got P28. He said his first DNF of the year. I actually watched his uh, replay because Tony's streaming now. And uh, he was just coming off four and it just went loose and he went down to the bottom and hit the inside wall. And he just couldn't recover after that. And then Chris Gales continues to impress another top five for the P5. Uh, he still, uh, another thing is zero X on the entire season. He doesn't have a single incident. He said it was a survival race and that Adam tuned a great set for it. So he has and zero then Adam, in NIS and uh, in the OB OBRL, he keeps getting wrecked. Yeah, just the opposite over there. But uh, Adam, you did the set and you're in the tops and you got a really, really good P10. Yeah, I got a lot of notes in this, from this race. I had an old old friend I met in the Navy. I had talked to him in like five years. He actually came in and spotted for me last night. He did a really good job and took some of the clicking away from me and pit stop stuff. And yeah, ran as high as six, qualified eighth and uh, took a note from Zach Novak and ran 400 laps of practice in two days. Uh, I feel like I belong driving this car and I was sitting eighth in points. Average finish of 14th over four races. Wow, eighth in points, and you're in the division one. That's a really respectable 
Uh, keep it up, man. Yeah, I kept I got... getting messages from people last night. I don't even really even talk to. <laughs> well, the nice thing was is we all got together. Was it what Tuesday night after the build? There's probably about seven or eight of us, and we, you know, we tried to find something to start with because, you know, everything was changed, and it was good to see all the guys getting out there and just trying stuff. Yeah, I took a oh. nap Wednesday and woke up and hit hit, hit 300 laps. <laughs> there you go. All right, Thursday. Open earlier today, I ran and got my P6, baby. Man, I'm really happy with that to get another good result for the season and open. Uh, that's top 10s every week, guys, I think. Uh, I ran back half of the top 10 all day. It was lots of long runs, but they're not quite green flag stops. Uh, we did have cautions occasionally. But man, I was running my butt off every lap, 100%. I was literally left nothing on the table. I mean, I was up on the wheel and cranking it. Uh, Bobby Jonas ran with me. Uh, Bobby got the pole, his first pole for the season, and led uh, several laps at the beginning of the race before he lost his connection and got disconnected. Uh, he actually lost five laps getting reconnected. He stayed in the race and got back to 15th. And so that tells you, man, if you get disconnected early, stay in it, man. You can still get a top 15. Well, and you said it there in your uh, description of your race there, Mike. That's this the way that you have to give it all and drive this car. That's how you should be feeling on this with this uh, this pack. The 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 big speedway tracks. You know, you don't have to feel like you don't feel like you're overtaxing yourself. I love the racing when you can just you know you're feeling like everything you're putting into that car is actually translating to it. Right. It is up on the wheel, I tell you, especially at Phoenix, because you can't overdrive it. So you got to get that braking very precise. Uh, and I did, like I mentioned it before, just being able to actually practice and know how the car is going to behave without having to be in a gigantic race to, to know how the car is going to behave. Yep. All right, let's jump to league and hosted. David, you got a P4 in the K&N Pacific yep. Majors. Pacific Majors, was it Rockingham? It was Went forever. Caution. After caution, after caution, it, it was a 380 or so, 90 so lap race, and it took us three and a half hours to run it. Uh, we didn't think we were going to make the time. Uh, just, um, it's interesting about that league. It's it's multidiscipline, so you got oval guys running road and road guys running oval. And but in this case, both the pro split one and the pro split two, um, it was just caution after caution after caution. I, I managed to dodge them and was able to. Every, every time I pit, I was able to kind of come back up through the field pretty easy because there's a lot of guys there that just didn't know how to get around the oval. And I mean, I qualified third. And so, uh, in fact, I was going to finish third and got run into at the very end, but was able to save it and hold on to fourth. All right. Yeah, that was a long event for you. And then, Adam, you ran the NASCOM. Yeah, I ran the NASCOM Auto Club, Cannon Car, and uh, should have finished like P4, but some pit strategy things are happening, and I finished P P6, and the car was H-A-W-T, hot garbage, burning off right front. Planning on going into Phoenix to win this week. There you go. Go get it, man. All right, with that, we'll jump to final thoughts. Adam Jocelyn, what do you got? Um, this Saturday, I'm running a charity go-kart race in Southern New Hampshire at NHO and Motorplex. Saturday, drivers from all over Maine, New Hampshire, Massachusetts will be there. The who's who, who was, and who wants to be will all be there. It's a charity event for cancer. You go show them what's up and show them who's who. Yes, sir. I'll have a camera on my head. All right. David Hall, final thought. 
I did another little event with Snell Racing this morning or this afternoon, right before the podcast. It was pretty fun. We didn't have that many cars because they just wanted to get some footage because they're making a first impressions video for the new for the two two new cars. Uh, the TCR is kind of it's an interesting car to drive, um, and they were complaining with the GT4 about it not handling curves pretty well. Pretty well. Uh, and I'm excited about all the changes that that keep coming with iRacing. And watch my stream, twitch.tv slash mixmage. And my chat's been really quiet lately, so come on in and say hi. Yeah, and the streams are going crazy at Tifosi Racing. We got everybody. So, uh, boy, when it's NIS open, you're going to be lit up on Facebook, man. Go watch us uh, race. It's pretty cool. All right, Greg Hectus, final thought? Uh, I'm just pumped for this. You know, I was we had such a good practice with all the team guys out, and... Uh, and then it kind of translated onto the track, which was the nice thing to see is, you know, we got out there and rate practiced and everybody uh, raced well and, you know, got what they got, what they could. Um, I, I drove that race as hard as I could. And it was the best feeling of the week for me, I guess. I, I felt great going to bed. I still felt great waking up this morning. I don't know if you guys, even when texting today, I was, I felt great about how that finish went. I just, I had such a bad luck for only minimal starts and it, it was kind of weighing on me a bit there, so it's good to get that monkey off my back. Um, so I'm going to try again Friday night. Uh, you can watch me at uh, twitch.tv slash frozencactus or on our uh, Tifosi page. I'll have it up. Um, and, yeah, I just can't. I look forward to uh, Friday night. Yeah, we were kind of wondering if you've forgotten how to drive, but, yeah, you proved it last night. You hadn't forgotten. Good job on that. Uh, Tony Groves, final thought? Yeah, well, I got something to promote, and that would be the iRacers Lounge podcast, Aftermath. That is the after show. We did our first recording last Friday, and it's currently it's going to just be a, an every other week deal. Um, but I do now have that up on uh, every podcasting platform that this show is currently on. Uh, so go give it a listen. Check it out. Send some comments our way. Let us know how to get better. We had, Chris and I had a had an absolute blast just uh jaw jacking for you know a half hour or so it was a lot of fun sounds fun okay so you can find it by irl aftermath uh search me any podcast platform and you hear tony and chris kind of go a, a deep dive into what we talked about earlier in the show yeah good job on that tony it sounds great uh it is a separate feed from this podcast so you have to subscribe to it separately from the regular iRacers lounge so get out there and find it guys all right with that my final thoughts uh thanks to brandon hayes cattell uh for coming on uh good luck to him next week uh, i hope he does well at homestead uh nice to hear from him and uh what he's all about and, uh, man, as far as my racing, I'm just hitting on all cylinders, kind of like Greg, real happy with a sixth-place finish. Oh, man. I mean, at Phoenix, that's a good result for me, and I'll take it and walk away. If that's all I can get, I'm happy with it. But I'll race tomorrow night and try to get a win. Uh, I think track business is really, really big. you got to start up front and stay up front. And so i got to figure out qualifying. That's definitely my weak spot, and uh, I'm going to try to focus on that a bit this year. And with that, we'll see you on the track. Later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.